from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, where you're listening, you are watching on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And before we get into my conversation with Kenzie Smith here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, it is time for us, as always, every Friday right here at the top of the second hour to bring you our top dog of the week. And the top dog of the week this week brought to you by Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campground Dog Boarding. She has no idea, but it is Kenzie Smith. I'm celebrating her today because, well, I feel like it. The spotlight goes to Kenzie because she is somebody that has always meant something to me and her family has been incredible. Seeing what she's done at West Jenny on and off the court, the type of human being she is, the fact that she always had time to uh, to talk with me and that her family was so great with everything. It's there's something to be said about the journey and there's something to be said about, you know, how things don't always go as planned. That is life. I think every human being I know that's made anything of themselves in their lives we all understand that life does not always go as you plan it. Very rarely does it go necessarily how you planned it or exactly how you planned it. So I'm honoring Kenzie Smith today, right before she comes on to the broadcast, as the top dog of the week, brought to you by Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campground Dog Boarding of East Syracuse, because her journey has just begun and because I believe that it is going to be a tremendous one. And I'm honoring her as a top dog in our central and upstate New York community and beyond because she's handled it like a champion. She's handled injury like a champion. She's handled corona and everything she's had to go through like a champion. And the fight that she has in her, I don't think she even knows how great that is and how powerful that is. And I look forward to seeing it on the court and more importantly, off the court as Kenzie represents her family, Central and Upstate New York, and obviously everything that she aspires to and the dreams that she has. So with that being said, she is our top dog of the week as I bring her into the broadcast. And once again, she had no idea, but I find that you have to honor the people that really in that moment just stand out to you. And to say that it's in this moment would be an understatement. I remember being down in Albany for the championship game. I remember, you know, all of the events of West Genesee and all of the opportunities. Kenzie has been a tremendous person and player, and she deserves only the best. And on a road that has its ebb and flow and has its curves and everything that goes on with it. She is now moving forward. And I think that, you know, just like we were talking about in the last segment in lead, it takes nothing to tell somebody that you're proud of them, you're happy for them, and you think that they're capable of anything. So with that being said, I bring in Kenzie Smith as the first interview she's done since transferring to St. Bonaventure. So we have the exclusive first conversation with Kenzie, but not before we honor her as the top dog of the week. So welcome back to the show, Kenzie, and congratulations on being our top dog of the week this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So 
this is uh, an, an awesome opportunity for me because the the conversation. There's so many reasons why I'm excited about you know this next chapter of your life. But you know, for those of you that haven't heard, or for those out there that haven't heard from you since since your West Genesee days, bring me into what life has been like these you know the, the these last you know couple of years and whatnot since having that time at West Genesee. So my first year at ODU, I loved it like a new start at a new college. You know, everyone in high school, especially senior year, you just want to get to college and everything. You're just so excited. And, like, I got really close to my teammates pretty quickly. And same with the coaching staff. And our team had a lot of success, even though I wasn't playing. So just, like, going to every game and winning, it was fun to witness and everything. And then, like you, my second year, I was really excited to play and stuff. And things didn't go as planned, whatever. But I still liked it. And, you know, I've enjoyed the last two years just being a part of something that big. So... You know, and, and going through that, you know, to, to look back on your, your days at, at West Jenny, when you made the decision to go to ODU, what was it about the school at the time that just made you feel like that was the next part of your life, the next chapter of your life? What was it that just felt right? The team had, like, a, a family feel. Everyone, like, felt really close, and people just wanted to win, so that was a big part of it. And And for you to look back on that and obviously, you know, wanting to play, wanting to get out there, things didn't, you know, necessarily work out how you had expected. So what did that teach you? How did you grow while you were at ODU? I feel like it was definitely something to like realize, like everyone in high school, if you're like a a really good player, you're used to being like the top three on the team. And then you go to college and everyone is the same or is not better than you. So it's really something to learn. Like, College is not the same as high school in terms of basketball. So I learned to just be patient and just know, like, you can't expect anything. You got to earn it, I guess. And so having that, you know, situation, like you said, which, you know, you you just obviously spoke on something that's talked about a lot in the world of sports is, you know, you might be the best player on your team, but when you go off collegiately or professionally, you become – you know, somebody that like you're on a team where everybody was the best player on their team and, you know, in, in, or the best player in the state or the best player in their town or the city and whatnot. So what, what were your biggest challenges when you went off to ODU? What can you say uh, became the biggest challenges for you that really helped you to grow? Um, I would say when I tore my ACL my freshman year, cause that's like a, a really hard injury to like overcome and everything especially with COVID so I guess that really kind of made me appreciate the game more and just like kind of made me realize that like how badly I want to play and everything because when you get to college it gets really hard like all the workouts and everything it's just really different compared to high school so it kind of makes you think like am I doing like is it worth what I'm doing and everything especially when you get hurt you start to question things but I think that was the biggest challenge I had for sure. You know, and and so making that transition for you to the collegiate level from West Jenny, what from West Jenny helped prepare you for the adversity that you faced? What can you say helped you to navigate through injury, navigate through, you know, being in a situation where you redshirted and then, you know, not not having the time out there on the court that you wanted. How did West Jenny prepare you for that? 
I would say just experience with everyone on the team. Like we we're all so competitive that it like made you want to get better and it made you want to practice. So it definitely carried over, as well as like making it to the, um, the state championship because it's just like if you can get that far, like you want to do the same thing in college and everything. So. You know, and what would be your advice? Speaking here with Kenzie Smith, her exclusive first interview since transferring to St. Bonaventure is right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. What would be your advice to other student athletes out there that are trying to figure things out themselves? I would say just be patient and don't overthink it. Like, you can't expect to go somewhere and just play right away. Like, you kind of just have to be patient and work hard every day like especially with the coaches you need to build a relationship with them and try to work with them every single day it really helps those relationships that you built you said you know you obviously built relationships with with ODU do those last do you feel like even with the decision for you that you made to transfer out do you feel that you'll still have a connection with you know some of the players on the team or the coaching staff or whatnot do you do you feel like there's something positive you're taking from that time that you had at ODU? Yeah, like I'm really close with, with like the majority of my teammates and even the staff last year. And I think it goes beyond like the coaching staff, like even the director of operations, the the SID and everything like that, the trainers, like you get close to everyone. I still talk to um, some of my teammates on Snapchat every day. We'll send each other TikToks and everything. Um, so I definitely got a lot of good relationships out of ODU, so. And, you know, for you, what ultimately, like on that, on that checklist of, you know, okay, it's time for me to look elsewhere. It's time for me to look at my next chapter. What, what was on that checklist for you? What ultimately happened after, you know, after, during this past season or even before then that made you think, okay, you know what, when 2020, 2021 season's over, I'm going to start looking elsewhere. What kind of came together to made you make that decision? Um, for me, it was mainly I want to be somewhere that I'm wanted and needed. And, you know, playing time is a huge thing because everyone goes to college wanting to play. So I just wanted that opportunity as well. So I think, you know, with the new staff and everything, it was just like I kind of want a new start as well. So. You know, and you go, you go through, you know, you've gone through injury, you've gone through the pandemic, like we all have and whatnot. Let's start with, with going through, you know, an injury. Well, I mean, first let's go through the red shirt. You know, we don't, I don't think it gets talked about enough, you know, red shirting a season. It's, it's expected, you know, in, in certain schools and the way certain coaches coach that you come in, you know, as a freshman and you red shirt and they, they kind of like bring you onto the team and preserve you for later. But we don't talk to players about what it feels like to red sh- redshirt knowing that, you know, you're literally at the game, you're watching the game, you're sitting there on the sideline, but you can't do anything because, you know, you have to wait a year. I mean, it's like you get all the way to the court, but then you still feel like you're almost sitting at home watching the game because you're not on the court. So what is the experience of redshirting? So for me, luckily we got to, like, there was someone else on my team that registered from a torn ACL too, but we both got to travel. I know some people don't get to travel when they do that. So I was I was still a big part of the experience. Like I got to do everything basically but play, but we got to um, 
we had to take stats for everyone, and it was like the coach's way of getting us more involved with the game. So we kind of liked that, and it was just nice. We got to rebound for them in warm-ups and stuff. Like, obviously, it's not the same experience at all, but we were, like, exposed to a lot of stuff that other redshirt probably wouldn't get, so... The importance of being able to travel with the team, like you said, you and your teammate got to do. When you are redshirting or you're injured or whatever it may be, how how does that change it for you that you're not in the game, but you essentially are not sitting at home watching your team while they're traveling? Like what what do you take away from being able to at least at the bare minimum travel? You definitely get to see more and you get to learn more about the game, like now that you have a whole different perspective because, you know, when you watch a game, you're thinking of what you could do or what other people could do better. So for me, it was just like you witness way money, like way more parts of the game and it kind of like helps you come back onto the court. So what did you learn about your game when you had the opportunity to watch from the sidelines? What, what about your game? Did you say to yourself, you know what, now that I have the time to, you know, really see this and get this angle, I could do this better, I could do that better. What are some of those things? Some of those things are definitely passing, just like seeing all the open views and everything, like breaking down the defense and all that. Um, and kind of just like how the whole game works. Like it's, it's a whole different level. Like everything's way faster. And it's just, it's completely different. It's like hard to explain. Because when you watch it, like compared to a high school game, it's just like when you're in high school, you like feel like it's so fast and everything. And you go to college, especially watching it at first, you're just like, wow, it's completely different. So I definitely learned like when that when I got back on the court, it has to be a different pace and everything like that. So That coming here from Kenzie Smith here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, the exclusive first conversation that Kenzie's having since transferring to St. Bonaventure. And Kenzie, you went through the injury. So, you know, having that keep you off, but then the pandemic happens and nobody could have been uh, prepared for this in any way, shape or form perfectly. What was it like to go through this pandemic as a student athlete in the sense of the fact that you genuinely already being a student and an athlete don't really have a life? And when you get put in a bubble, you really, really, really don't have a life. So what was life like in college? Because, again, another story that's not talked about enough. Everybody wants to see their team win, but they're not thinking about the fact that, especially this year, it probably felt more like a business than than anything because your job was to do your schoolwork, go to practice, go to the game, and literally be around no one ever so that you can keep the team healthy. Yeah, like, we kind of made our team into, like, our own bubble. Like, we could hang out with people, but we were strongly advised not to, just to keep everyone safe. So we really just got up every day, like, three times a week to go get COVID testing, and we had practice, and then class, whatever, and we are just done for the day. We don't really hang out with anyone. It was definitely different than my freshman year. We would always hang out with, like, other athletes or go to parties or – you know, just be around other people. So it definitely felt more like a business. Do you feel like a part of your college experience was stolen from you, in a sense? Um, yeah, I would say that it just felt a lot different. Even when, even freshman year, like, it kind of got different because 
I got hurt and I could barely walk. So I ended up stop. I said st- I stopped going places and everything like that. So it kind of stopped earlier than COVID, but it definitely changed a part of it, especially for the freshmen that came in this year. Because you know when you're a freshman, that's your time to make friends and everything. Um, so I could definitely see how it affected them, even us too. So how do you navigate through that? Like, how do you mentally handle the whole? You know, eh, we don't really want you to go home and be around your family. We don't really want you to be around your friends. We don't really want you to go to a restaurant. We don't really want you to leave campus. Like, what did you do for yourself to stay, like, mentally strong and focused? Because I can imagine that at some point during this process, you you feel trapped in a way because, you, you know, you can't really do anything. So how did you mentally handle it and, like, what techniques or what did you do to get yourself to maybe focus on something positive? So for me, I like being alone. So luckily I didn't have that problem most of the time, but when I did, I would try to like, there was water, there's a place on the water on campus. And a lot of the times I would try to walk over there and just like sit by it just to like stay positive and everything. Just enjoy like the sunset or whatever. Sometimes my teammates would go to Virginia Beach and we'd watch the sunrise as well. So it's kind of just like doing the the best you can. Like if you wanted to hang out, most likely it would have to be with your teammates, although you see them every day and everything like that. So kind of just taking a step away from basketball and just trying to enjoy whatever you have. So, You know, and, and getting that time to step away and, and is obviously important. You said that you like to be by yourself. So did – did it feel maybe as bad that maybe some other people experienced it or, or, or no, in your opinion? I mean, did you, because you like being alone, do you think that almost helped you during this pandemic? Yeah, I would say that. I think it kind of made me feel safer being alone just because I know if, like the only people I'm seeing and we get COVID tested every week. Like I knew I wasn't really going to get sick. And that was like a big part of the reason why I didn't hang out with other people. But I know it affected a lot of other people heavily on my team. So, Speaking here with Kenzie Smith on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. You talked about getting tested three times a week. How many tests ballpark do you feel like you've taken for COVID? Probably at least 60. 60 to like 80 probably. Has it has it gotten to a point where it's just kind of like normalcy to you? I mean, has it, has it essentially, you know, just gotten to a place where you just don't even, don't even think about it anymore? Or what can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's definitely just a a wake up, go to your appointment, go right back to sleep. You don't really think anything of it. Like it feels so normal, especially because it would be like almost three days in a row. So you're just like at the you're like thinking, do I really have to do this three times in a row? But it definitely became just a part of routine. You don't really care about it. Like at first I was bad because it's just inconvenient, but then you get used to it and it's just like, whatever, if you want to play, you have to do it. So. Yeah. You know, and going through this, you know, obviously I'm sure taught you a lot. What do you value more now? What is something that maybe means more to you now or something that sticks out more to you now, either, uh, you know, on the basketball court or, elsewhere that maybe you weren't paying as much attention to if any attention to before the pandemic 
I would say spending time with others and just playing basketball. Like, when I went to school, we didn't come home for, like, six months, which is probably the longest I've been away from home. And I didn't see Madison for, like, seven months, seven or eight months. So it's definitely spending time with others and just playing the game. Yeah, you bring up, you know, and you bring up your your sister, Madison, and, and, you know, she's over in Vermont and whatnot. You guys did so many great things at West Genesee together you know, this, this, this unstoppable duo in many, many, many cases. So what was life like playing without her? It was definitely different. Um, in high school, it was easy to play with her just because, like, we trusted each other and we're, we were really close. And, like, just playing with her for so many years, like 14 years we played with each other. So to go from that to playing with nobody you know it's completely different it felt weird at first but then we talked about it we kind of uh we kind of got used to it and it's just like it's it's kind of better in a way because we used to fight a lot about dumb things on the court so when we talk we're just like why do we fight about that stuff it's just like we kind of want to play again like together again but it's completely different playing with people you don't know it kind of makes you think about what you say and what you do and all the, and all those things. So, you know, and, and for you, like you said, uh, fighting on the court and looking back on it and saying, why do we do that? You know, why do we care about that and whatnot? How often do you talk to Maddie? Like, is it something that's just still second nature or do you feel like you went some time without talking with each other during some of this? Or what can you say about how often you guys talk? Um, we usually call each other like probably twice or three times a week it's definitely not every day just because of how busy she is and how busy i am too especially when i'm at school but when we do talk it's like we talk every day so it's not like anything changed it's just definitely not as much i would say it's definitely more quality over quantity at this point you know maddie going over to vermont and with red shirting herself and everything that's gone on she has four years you have four years so essentially even though you've been removed for you know a while from West Jenny, you both have an opportunity to essentially start your college careers in 2021, 2022. What does that mean to you to see that you know your sister Maddie at Vermont and you now at St. Bonaventure essentially have your entire collegiate career ahead of you despite the fact that you left West Jenny over a year ago? So we talked about this. It's kind of like, we're lucky in a way because even though we have four years, we have two years of experience and knowledge. So you see it differently and you, you learn the intensity of it. So it's kind of nice knowing you can start over with experience on a college level. So I think it definitely helps. You know, I don't regret going to ODU. I learned a lot there, but I think it's nice that I get to start over. So. Yeah. And, and for you starting over, why? St. Bonnie's, what did it do? Like, what is it about St. Bonaventure that just felt like if I'm going to start over, if I'm going to have a fresh chapter in my book, that this is the right place? So St. Bonaventure is a place that I talked to since I was in 10th grade. I've known the coach for a long time. You know, they have a, a really close-knit family, and they just want to win. And since it's a smaller school, the class size is very, like, small, so you have a lot of one-on-one with the professor and I think that's going to help uh, academically so it's a good school both on the court and off the court so 
that's mainly why I picked it. And it's a really good, it's in a really good conference too, and it's close to home. It just kind of seemed like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, you know, and, and being back in the state of New York, I mean, you're not, in, you know, home home, but you're close enough. What do you think about being back in New York? Well, I'm definitely happy about it. You know, I was 10 hours away from home, and now I'm going to be about three. So it's just, I like knowing that if I really needed to see my family, like, I could drive down or they could drive over here. And just knowing I'm closer to home, and I have a lot of friends in Buffalo that I could see. So it makes me happy knowing that I'm around a lot of things that I already know. You know, and St. Bonaventure, like you said, you've been talking to them since you were in, you know, 10th grade and whatnot. You know, them, them having that connection with you, were they top of mind when you decided to enter the transfer portal because yeah. of your experience? So when I was committing in uh, senior year, I had a top three, and they were in my top three. So when I was in the transfer portal, uh, my AU coach reached out to me, and I reached out to him, and we were talking about the schools and everything. And we decided to uh, hit up St. Bonaventure as well. You know, and, and they made your top three back then. Why Why did it not work out the first time around? What was it about ODU that, that made you at that time feel like, hey, I got to go here? So I picked ODU because I thought, like, going away from home would be nice and I liked it um but it was like a you know a chance to get away from home um it was a good school it's a really pretty campus and just the staff and the teammates I just I don't know I kind of it was enticing to me so that's mainly why I picked ODU but I would say that's why I guess it necessarily didn't work out the first time so St. Bonaventure gets you the second time around how beautiful and poetic is that story to you that they were in your top three and when you make a decision, you know, you I would imagine that you don't think like you're going to be able to make another one. So to be able to see them the second time around and now be going to St. Bonaventure, what is, what is that like for you to, you know, have them as a top three school and then get to go into the transfer portal and make a decision again and choose them this time around? Just, just what that experience is like for you to, you know, have that second chance to become a Bonnie and, and to know what that experience is going to be like. So, you know, no one goes to college thinking they're going to transfer, but when you do, it's kind of like you you know what you want and you know what you don't want and you know what's important to you. And I just think it's really interesting how, um, you know, even though you commit, like all the schools you talk to or most of them, they're still – you know, keeping up or they haven't forgot you. So a lot of the times they they look every year for certain players who's in there and everything. So just knowing that they were still interested and they were going to be invested in me, I was definitely like, this is what I want. So I'm looking forward to that, just knowing that they want me and I want them. So. And do you feel like there really is that like love and support? Do you genuinely feel like there's something – you know, special about St. Bonaventure that that you feel that that I mean, I know obviously you got to earn your spot, you got to earn your time on the court and whatnot. But but what does your gut tell you about all this, so to speak? I think that St. Bonaventure would be good for me just because it's it's a whole new start. You know, I have four years, and I kind of just want like a clean slate. You know, from ODU, whatever. 
and just like starting new I think it'll be good for me it's like a whole different experience like I, I choose who I want to be when I go there so I'm just looking forward to it you know growing as a human being we talked about it you know on and off the court what do you bring to the table now you talked about like improving your game things that you saw and whatnot so overall to kind of put it all together from things we've talked about this morning here with Kenzie Smith on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, the exclusive first interview since transferring to St. Bonaventure here inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. When you put the the whole kind of product together that we've discussed of, you know, everything that you've worked to become, Kenzie, what is St. Bonaventure getting? I would say a point guard that, um, that has experience and that is just eager to play. So I want to bring just like the skills that I have and just do the best that I can there and just try to make the program a winning program again because that's what they are. And so, yeah. You know, and, and this, you know, seeing seeing what's going on here, uh, looking at the fact that uh, Jesse Fleming, who was an assistant at Bowling Green, is, you know, now the the coach over at St. Bonnie's. What, is, what does Coach Fleming mean to you, and what can you tell me about the relationship there? Um, I would definitely say our relationship is good. Um, we talked for years. Like he was probably one of the first schools to reach out to me, and he mentioned I was probably the um, the person he recruited the most in high school and stuff like that. So I know like the feeling is mutual. I don't have to question it. So you know that means a lot to me, and I'm sure that means a lot to him. And I just know he's a good coach. I've watched a lot of games. I've been to a couple camps in high school, so I've got to see firsthand before I even made my decision. So I think that definitely helps. Yeah, and and for you, like the work that Coach Fleming has done at St. Bonaventure, what do you like about it up to this point, and how would you describe Coach Fleming, you know, as far as what has been done so far at this point? I like how he he doesn't give up, you know. Like you said earlier, nothing ever goes the way you want it to, usually, or it's never perfect, but he's still uh, is competitive with winning, and I think he really cares about his players and he understands that, you know, we're people too and he's a person too. Not everything has to be 100% business, but when it is time for that, he knows how to act that way, you know. And so I think he definitely cares about you as a person. I think that helps on the court as well. So, and he also really cares about um, academics. He doesn't play around when it comes to grades and everything like that. So just knowing how serious they take it, it makes me feel a lot better. That coming from Kenzie Smith here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Becoming a Bonnie, are you already proud to wear that across your chest? I mean, I have a special love for St. Bonaventure. I'm wearing my shirt in the studio today and because I, I got to be around the men's team when they were in the first four in Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, and the coach said to me at that time that I'm – and put his arm around me and said, you're an honorary Bonnie now, you know, consider yourself part of the family. So that happened a few years ago. So it's kind of ironic that you're going to St. Bonaventure after, you know, I've liked them from afar and then had that really nice interaction and got, got called an honorary Bonnie. So what, what does it mean to wear, you know, Bonnie's across your chest to you? I know that, that this is new and I know that you haven't played a game for them yet, but what type of excitement lies within you when you when you see that logo and you see that name and, and whatnot and, and even being in the Atlantic 10 just what it means to you to be a Bonnie yeah I'm just really excited because I've never heard anything bad about St. Bonaventure 
every time I've I've known someone that has went there, they've all loved it. They love the small school experience. You know, it's a whole supportive community. So I'm definitely happy to be a Bonnie and just get you know have new experiences and just try to win there. So. That coming from Kenzie Smith. Kenzie knows that there's a special portion of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora called Rapid Fire. And we are now in that place. I am not going to put you on the hot seat at all, though. I'm going to allow myself to be on the hot seat and give you a break. So I will be filling the hot seat. You will be taking over the microphone. Kenzie Smith here with me on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in the exclusive first interview since she decided to join St. Bonaventure. So you have four questions, Kenzie, that you can ask me. Any four in the world, basketball, sports, life, literally anything, you know the drill because you are one of the first people to ever get to do it and be a part of it at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So what is your first one for me? Um, my first question is, I was not expecting this, so in a way it is the hot seat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me think. Okay. Would you rather, um, no, what, if you could stop COVID, would you, but it could only be in the U.S., it wouldn't be anywhere else. But would you be able to live with that guilt, you know, only the U.S.? No. I, you know, if if I could stop COVID, obviously I would. And at the same time, I'm a firm believer that, you know, for one, if somebody is suffering in the world, it's too many people. So I would find it hard to, you know, be in a position to save one country but let everybody else suffer because I just, I couldn't fathom the thought of someone else being in pain while everybody, I just, I don't, I don't like the, the thought of helping someone to hurt somebody else. Gotcha. That's a good answer. Thank you. Um, the next question would be, do you believe in astrology? And if so, what is your sign? I mean, I know, I know of it, and I, my sign is a Libra, so I technically am in the Libra Scorpio cusp, but uh, but Libra is is the balance beam, and you know, I, I I look it up. I've seen it before. I know that it's there. Sometimes it's interesting to see what it has to say. So, you know, I I know of it, and I know that I'm the balance and. I'm a proud October baby, so I guess that's what I would say about it. <laughs> um, okay, next question is, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Without question, an extrovert. I don't, I don't know life as an introvert. I, I, was, you know, I was quiet in high school at times. I just I didn't like my high school experience as much. And I love my teachers, don't get me wrong. But I definitely, I've always been an extrovert. I love making people laugh. If I walk into a room and I don't know anybody, I'll know somebody by the time I leave. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just how I am. I mean, if I wasn't the personality that I was, we wouldn't be on the phone right now because I would, A, not be doing a show, and B, I wouldn't know how to talk to people. And so I, I think that one of the things that I love to do is whether someone's nervous or not, is to, you know, help to talk them, you know, down from, from concern and worry and 
let them know it's going to be okay and really just say, hey, like concentrate on just you and I talking and don't think about the rest of the world and it'll all, uh, you know, it'll all come to you. It'll be all right. I, I feel like I, I pay attention to introverts and extroverts and I welcome them all and I treat them all the same because I believe everybody has something to give. And, you know, I, I want I want people to feel safe and sharing stuff. So I'm definitely an extrovert, but I feel like I can work with anybody. Gotcha. Okay. You want, you want this to be my last question? Yeah, this, if, if this is the last one you got. Yeah. Okay. If you could think of a bad experience in your life, would you go back and change it? Or do you think that, you know, that made you a part of the way you are today? I love, Kenzie, how you said you're not prepared for this, yet these are like four of the best questions I've been asked So, in 17 years. So, would I, if I could go back and change something bad or something that not desirable to happen in my life, would I go back and change it? I feel like the easy answer is yes for most people, but I am who I am today because of everything I've been through. So, I mean, I've always been me. Like there's, there's something about my friend Lisa said it. She said, you know, you have this thing that so few people have been able to successfully do. And I didn't know what she was going to say. And she's like, it's, she said, if they've met you when you were like three or in high school or in college or as a professional or whatever, she said, Anyone who's met you at any point in your life, we can all describe you as the same person, which is very rare. And I appreciated her saying that because it was on a day where actually something really not great happened to me. And so I guess going back to that is would I change it? No, because I'll never forget that Lisa said that. And, and, and the things that happened to me that I would maybe think about changing, without them, I don't have... You know, it's like if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have Lily, my dog. If, you know, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have my house. If this didn't happen, I wouldn't have started my company. So uh, it, at the time that I did. So I can honestly tell you that in the moment it sucks and it's terrible and you don't like it. But I wouldn't change anything about my life because it's taught me so much about resiliency, about putting your money where your mouth is, about being who you ask other people to be. And, you know, remembering to help yourself when you're helping the world. So I wouldn't change anything about my life because it's my story. And I think if God wanted to write it a different way, it would have been written a different way. So I, I'm doing my best from here forward to write a story that I want to read at the end of my life. Yeah, I would say that things definitely work out in a weird way sometimes but like you said life is life is life is a is is a crazy old thing you know when i was a kid i would tell people when somebody would say to me if you want to make god laugh tell him your plans (laughs) and i would get so mad and now when people ask me advice i say if you want to make god laugh tell him your plans so it really does come full circle that you know not everything happened exactly the way you planned it the way I planned it, but yet here we are and you're a Bonnie and here we are and you got four years and here we are and it's a fresh start. And so, you know, I think there's, there's so much beauty 
in the adversity because somehow, some way, we always get set on the right path if we're willing to, you know, actually hear uh, what is deep inside of us and, and what's trying to speak to us. So I, I think it's incredible and I could not be happier for you. I'm elated that you gave me the opportunity to, uh, you know, have this special interview with you. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of it, you know, you and your sister and your whole family have just really uh, gone above and beyond for me and uh, have definitely made me feel respected and appreciated. So, you know, wherever you go, I'm a fan and I already like the Bonnies, but now I got to like start buying gear and stuff. So I need to be Bonnied out. I need to be, I need to have that brown out and just be ready to go. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm so happy for you and grateful for you. And, and I'm grateful that you wanted to come back onto the show. So it really uh, means a lot to me everything that, uh, that you have, you know, meant all throughout the years. And uh, definitely, you know, I just hope nothing but the best for you. So I feel incredibly grateful and honored to have you on the show today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that coming from Kenzie Smith, exclusive first interview since transferring to St. Bonaventure. I know we'll be talking after this, but as always, you know, stay safe, stay well. And, you know, get your butt back out there and start making some history at St. Bonaventure. That's what I want to see. Sounds good. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Take care.